Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast co-hosted by family law mediator Jennifer Sanders and certified divorce coach Ashley Wood. This podcast features other divorce professionals, Q&A, tips, and updated info on all things separation, divorce, conflict resolution, and co-parenting. Whether you're newly separated or divorced, listen now for tips and advice on how to build a foundation for a more peaceful future. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Split, the After Ever After podcast. You are listening in with myself, Ashley Wood. I'm a certified divorce coach and my lovely co-host, Jennifer Sanders, who is an accredited family law mediator. And I'm smiling because I said that without any... Doubling of the words. Yeah, you, you could out. also throw it to me and then make me to have to say it because I'm equally as bad at it. It's hard to say. I know, but now I'm like competitive with myself about it <laughs> where I want to get it right. So I know I was doing some videos this morning and I was trying to, yeah, say it myself. So. <laughs> Oh God. So I don't know. Restrictions are allegedly allegedly yeah so today I think we can officially do it's 50 percent capacity at the restaurants so and gyms are open and I think yeah I saw the Y came across my feed that they're opening okay um so that's happening uh so and the sun is out today so it feels a little bit it was very bleak last week every time I looked out my little window here it was gray like literally gray and uh yeah, nothing was open and it was it's sad. terrible. Yeah. The vibe, the COVID. Yes, vibe. There's no vibe. No. <laughs> there's a zero vibe. Yeah. Uh yeah. And you know what? Um, like there's so many, uh, so many of people on Instagram that follow me are in the States. So anytime I talk about, you know, date because daycare was has closed and yeah. They're closed again this week. And a lot of people who live abroad or even in the States are like, this is nonsense. Like we would never stand for this. This is crazy. And it's like, I know, but what, what do I do, ma'am? What do I do? Yeah. I'm just trying to make it from one day to the next over here. You're not going to go protest your daycare and start walking up and down the street. Like, Yeah. And, and I mean, daycare is doing the best that they can do. Everybody's just do, we're all just doing the best that we can, but it's like, it's really frustrating this whole situation. And I really think, um, you know, no offense to any male listeners, but the load on, on women right now is just like, it's too much. It's a, I just keep coming back to this is too much. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, no, I have actually read some, um, even more academic articles about this, that the load on women during the pandemic has increased because women are again, not always, but traditionally and typically, um, yeah, the ones that are doing uh, grocery shopping and coordinating what's happening in the home with the kids. Mm -hmm. And so the load was falling on them to be doing all of that on top of coordinating online school and all of these things um, more typically than men. So yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, you've had your kids home. I don't know how I've lost track now I, how many times <laughs> they, they're like, well, kids are back. Here we go. Round 16. I know. And I, yeah. So last week I had one home, my youngest, and it's so bad, right? Because literally I was in no frills at like 5 PM on Thursday night. And I get an email that, you know, the classroom's closed tomorrow. Right. And I literally like sort of pulled the cart over to the side and just, like, put, just like took a beat. <laughs> like, oh, 
Okay. Yep. All right. And then, yeah, I think I posted on my Instagram that 9 a.m. I'm like helping her multiply fractions when uh, I have a job that I should be doing. So, yeah. yeah. And there's no alternative. There's no alternative. Like, that's what it is. You make that it is work. what it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, even for me, like, thankfully, last week I was able to move some stuff around. So, my ex had paid for a couple of days, but like, basically had to shift everyone I had scheduled for this week to last week. So, I'm working like overload. Thankfully, I have the best clients in the world, super flexible and patient. But yeah, and then that's it. I have to just, like, I'm off this week with page and that's it and thankfully I can do that but even still I feel I have to say it causes resentment inside of me because I like my husband's amazing but the reality is he works like set hours works an hour away he has zero flexibility away yeah. So he, yeah. And it's like, you know, I've, he has his, which has his own stress, but I'm always like, you know, I have to be flexible. I have to change everything around and, and right. he can't help with that. Like me having to email everybody and scramble. Yes. He can't do anything there. Like, yeah. And I think that, I think we've learned, I think during the pandemic, I mean, one thing I think good that people are more flexible with understanding having to change schedules. Right. Totally. So people yeah. be like, Oh yeah. Just because it, has to happen so often Mm -hmm. but I think that we all are not recognizing and voicing as much as we need to be that yes even if um sort of logically you can work from home so okay you have your screen you've got to meet your clients maybe Paige is having a nap or she's playing or whatever my kids are a bit older so they can certainly play do their thing independently but there's still so much stress of trying to work in that same space and wondering like okay her show, I got 30 minutes left on her show, right? right? Yeah. She's not going to have to go to the bathroom. And even like, if I hear my kids starting to fight or someone's knocking on my door, my office door, there's a lot of stress involved. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Oh, I think that we're all just, yeah. Operating in that. I think at the beginning, right. We're like work from home. This is great, but there's a lot of downside to that too. That's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Although I say that as I'm dressed up on top and as you saw before, wearing pajama pants on the back. No, I work with lawyers and they even the lawyers are like, I have a romper on, there's a blazer (laughs) over top, but like this is what's happening. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So here we go. My my famous segues here. Speaking of stressful (laughs) situations. We are talking with Jennifer Hurwitz today, who is one of our uh, dear friends over social media. She is known for her no-nonsense approach to all things relationships. And uh, we are talking about blended family life and specifically choosing not to blend. Um, So Jennifer, she's a relationship expert, a dating coach. She's also a best-selling author. We talked a little bit about that today too. One of her books was even featured uh, in O Magazine. So she, what she has to say, I just want to prepare the listeners. She is very opinionated about this topic, but she knows what she's talking about. Okay. She, yeah, she's lived it personally and, uh, and she's a, a coach with a wealth of experience as well. So we were really excited to pick her brain and hear about her own personal sitch. (laughs) Yeah. I think these different perspectives are really important, right? I think we are way too much in like just yes or like black or white, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this doesn't work for me. Therefore it's bad. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, certainly in mediation, it's like, it's about, let's get all the options on the table and maybe some of them are crazy and they won't work for you, but let's not try to compartmentalize into like only two options. So this is another option of how you might want to live. Yep, totally. So without further ado, here is our episode with Jennifer Hurwitz. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of Split and please welcome Jennifer Hurwitz, our guest today. Hi. Hi guys. I'm so, I'm so glad to be here. I love you guys. I just, I love everything about Thank you. Thank you. We love you. We love you. So um, obviously you are, I mean, you've got so many qualifications, dating coach, divorce coach, you've got your podcast, your books, et cetera, et cetera. But what we really want to talk about today is something that um, I heard you talk about on your podcast and was like, oh, we got to talk about this um, on ours, choosing not to blend families. So to begin, can you just, you know, maybe give our, our listeners a little tidbit about your own personal experience going through divorce and uh, repartnering and why you chose not to blend? What led you to make this decision? And what does, what does your life look like? How do you operate? <laughs> Where do I start? Okay. So well, yeah. first of all, let me just start by saying this. I always like this little caveat in here. So I don't upset every one of your listeners and they're all like, Oh my God, get rid of this girl. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> blending families. I just want to say, first of all, kudos to those who can do it. Okay. I give props. I give out awards. I'm like, you guys are the best. It is the most difficult thing to do. Okay. Hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, it is difficult. And, uh, I give you everyone kudos. Excellent. Um, I don't believe in it. I, I never have. I've always thought to myself, and look, it, it can work. It, it does work. There are percentages of people who have a great time and they're the Brady Bunch and it's absolutely wonderful. And they, but there are reasons why blending families, why it works. Okay. The people I'm going to start, I'll, I'll go back to my story first, but the reason yeah, why yeah. it works is because when you go into it, you, re, you know, going into it, that it's going to be tough. Okay. Yeah. The people that go into blending families are not like, Oh, it's going to be the Brady Bunch and it's going to be fabulous. And my kids are going to be, they're going to love it. And we're going to go in and they're not thinking that way. They are thinking going in, this is going to be a struggle. We're going to have to work at this. We're going to have to be a team and our kids are going to come first. Those are the blended families that work. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the research and that's how it goes. Now, going back to me, um, I um, got divorced eight years ago. My gosh, it's been that long. And my husband, that's what I call my husband. <laughs> my husband and I decided that we were going to, you know, date and whatever, but we were never going to put our kids in a situation where they were going to live with other children. We just said to ourselves, you know what, they've been through enough. They've gone through one divorce. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't need to be in another situation where they're going to statistics show 72% of blended families end in divorce. And it wasn't something that I was interested in doing. Um, I had teenagers uh, well, at the time they were nine and 11. So now they're teenagers, but nine and 11, they were, they were little guys mm-hmm. and they were, they were my first priority. My husband and I said, they are our first priority. And that is the end of the story. Um, and, and people were like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you know what? It, it's just the way it's kind of like, and, and I can that was one of my boundaries. You love boundaries. That was yes. boundaries. <laughs> yeah. We love dating, boundaries. I know you do. So when I started dating, you know, I, a lot of guys were like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I just want to let you know, fine. I'm, I'm never getting never going to move in with you and your kids. It's just not going to happen. And I had a week on and week off with my ex where, um, one week we were together, you know, we had the, we had the kids to ourselves. And then the other week we switched. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, week on, yeah. Week off, right. So the weeks that I had my kids, I was 100% with my kids and the week off, I had all the time in the world. I could do what I wanted to do on my own. So I felt like I was giving them the best gift 
they could get was me 100%. Why would I ever mess that up? That was just my, my thought mm-hmm. of it. And that's kind of how I rolled. So mm-hmm. when I met my partner now, <laughs> this is where people are like, what do you mean? Um, we've been together five years and our kids have never met. Our kids have never met. They've never even met. They've I need to hear more about met. this. Okay. That was my reaction. <laughs> and people are like, met. they've never yeah. met. Okay. Tell us okay. more. So when I tell you, but it, this is the thing about it. People are like, they don't know what they don't know. I think we just assume that we get divorced. We move into two houses. We, we start dating. We fall in love. It's been a year. We get married. We get, we have to move in. You don't like I, we nested. No one knew what nesting was eight years ago. Right. Um, we nested people were like, what do you mean? You guys share an apartment and you move into the kids stay in the big house. We loved it. It worked for us. It doesn't, you know, different strokes, different folks, right? And divorces are like snowflakes. Every divorce is unique. So mm-hmm. what worked for me may not work for you, but you would need to hear different options because if you don't know, how do you know? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So Jim, my boyfriend, um, my partner happened to have opposite weeks when we met. So at first I was like, okay, you know what? Like, we'll work it out. We'll figure it out. But as we started to get into it, it was probably like six months in, um, he said to me, one of us has to, no, one of us has to switch so we can get this, whatever. So I said, do you want to go to your ex or should I go to my husband? And he said, let me try first. So he went to his ex-wife and she said, no problem. She wasn't dating anyone at the time. She said, I'll switch. So we ended up, we switched. So we got in the same week on week off. So it worked. So he was with his kids 100% of the time and I was with mine. And then when we switched, we had each other for a week. So we saw each other two full weeks of the month and it just worked. And it ended up being like the best thing ever because I was hundred percent, you know, giving my kids all of their, my attention. And then he got all my attention and people were like, well, what do you mean? You just never, are your kids have never met? And I'm like, not yet. Why do they have to? And as our kids got older, he has teenagers also. Well, he actually has a 13 year old, 14 year old now, a little younger. We just, it just never happened because why do they need to meet? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, then he, after about a year, I met his kids and he's met my kids. Mm-hmm. And my, okay. okay. So our kids have met each, you know, like our, each other. Right. But our kids have never met. They've never been in the same room. Okay. So you've done, you have done things with Jim and the kids and vice yes. versa with his kids. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Just the kids haven't met and they're, and what do they say about this? They're, they're happy, right? They're like, they're why thrilled. do we yeah, well, because like, why do they want to meet? They're like, mom, why? You know, and here's the thing too. So my boys are going off to one of them is in college, mm-hmm. and the other one is a senior, and I don't want them to have to come back to a house with kids they don't even know or like live. Right. Like, I mean, we've been together five years, and so now it's getting a little tricky because Jim's like, well, I want you to move in with me, but he has a fourteen year old. I don't want to. I don't want to be a stepmom again. I don't want to raise kids again. I don't want to his fourteen year old go. I mean, I did it. My kids are in college, right? So we're still going to say same things week on week off. He's with this kid and. and it's just, it's working. We have a great mm-hmm. relationship where like, why rock the boat, right? And let me tell you something, his kid doesn't want to live with me. His kid doesn't want <laughs> right. To yeah, they don't want to do that either. Yeah. They don't want to. And my kids don't want to live with him. They love him. They love him. I mean, they love him. They want to be with him. They want to travel with him. They want to hang out with him. They don't want to live with him. It's who wants to live with him? Why do you want another person? Here? No, no, it's yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what, Talk, like just kind of touching on the, the boundary discussion. I love how you're so clear on like what your needs are, what's cool, what's not cool. And 
and you've stuck to that because that's what's important to you. And I think that so often, you know, people, they meet somebody that they really love and they're like, okay, well, I'll just bend on this because I really want it to work. Right. And then we always say as, as soon as you cross your own personal boundaries, you're guaranteed to feel resentful and like exhausted and burnt out at some point down the line, because you're not really honoring what's important to you. Unless like you said, you go into it with the right expectations of like, okay, this isn't ideal, but we're going to go to couples counseling to make sure that our, our communication is really good. And I'm going to make sure that, you know, he does, or my partner parents, his children, I parent my children, whatever it may There's be. So right. You can do right. I call yeah. them shaken families. I don't even call them blended families. I wrote a whole thing about <laughs> shaking families. And I have a girlfriend, Rebecca Eckler, who's an amazing um, author. And she wrote seven books about it. And she came on my podcast and she's like, it is just, she tried it three times. You know, she's like, it doesn't, it, it's just really difficult. Yeah. It can work. It really can. And there are things you can do to make it better. Right. Um, but you have to remember, like, put yourself in your kids. It's really hard to be empathetic because you don't, when you're going through it, it's hard to like understand until you come out of it. Right. So I've talked to so many adults that were, that did the worst step children and lived in those. And they're like, I just wish my mom would have thought about me. Or I just wish my mom or my dad would have thought like, because looking back, they're like, oh, but she got divorced anyway. Like, right. I have to live there for seven years with this guy that I didn't even, I'm like, what it could have shown, yeah. right? Yeah. But I made so many mistakes. Like I was pressured into meeting people's kids because the guy was like, oh no, it's fine. It's fine. You know, they're going to love you. And I had these great relationships with these, these little girls. And then he cheated on me. We broke up and I never saw them again. Right. So yeah. Like, yeah. You just have to think about it like that broke my heart. I mean, it broke my heart and I have never seen them to this mm -hmm. day. I wrote about it in my book. It's like, right. Had I moved in with him, right? And it's just like, you learn from your mistakes. And look, I'm not saying it can't work. And also, financial reasons too. Some people have to move in together, like, just yeah. makes more sense. But you have to know going in that you, there are things that you really have to, have to do to make it to, to you know, you know this. Yeah, yeah, but I like how you are so frank about it because I think that, you know, we all know sometimes people do rush into, you know, a new relationship after a split. I see this with clients all the time now. This is going to be the fix and the be all and end all. So I think that the statistics, statistics do show us, though, yeah. that yes, there are some, but the reality is that usually it doesn't work. And it is very, very problematic, um, even if you stay together. You know what I like to equate it to? I always tell this story my clients are like, you remember when you used to like sleep over at a friend's house when you were little and you used to go there and you used to like that smell was funky and you didn't really know where the bathroom was. Yeah. Kind of like, I just want to go home the next day. And you're kind of like, well, I don't, there's like 12 steps. You like count the steps to the bathroom the night before, because you're not really sure it's going to be dark and the sheets feel weird. Imagine that like all the time. Yeah. It's like that kind of feeling gives me the chills. I always want to cry. Like I get so emotional about it because I just yeah. feel like it's such like a crazy thing to do to your kids. And I, I don't know why we don't think about it in little people brains. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? like, and I get it. Like, we yeah. fall in love so quickly and we fall in love and we, yeah. we're so, it's not selfish, but it's so like, well, what else would I do? I love this guy. I'm going to move in. I'm going to put yeah. my with his kids. But then, I mean, I've seen things where like this, the, the new mom doesn't kiss her. She kisses her kids goodnight, but she doesn't kiss 
his kids good night. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> those are things that, you know, and look, it, it does, I'm not saying it doesn't work with everybody, please. I don't want your listeners to be like, she's the worst person. No, but I think that, yeah, I know we, none of us want to offend anyone, but there, I think it, the reality is important to recognize that the reality is that usually it doesn't. And so, yeah, I think people get clouded, right? You're in love with the person. And so you think, well, my kids will fall in love with them too. And right. Right. yeah, we don't think about what their actual experience is. Right. And we forget too, they have a dad or they have a mom. Right. And yeah. so then you're, they're in this house for a week or whatever it is. And, and they're like, who is this person? And, and sure, they, they may like them, but they also don't want to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times your kids are like, oh yeah, mom, I really like him. He's great because they don't want to tell you that they don't like him or they don't like her. Mm-hmm. I mean, my kids have said to me, mom, oh my God, the guys, you know, this guy that you dated X, Y, or Z or whatever, and we couldn't wait for you to break up with him. And I'm like, but you said you liked him. Of course they did. Yeah. They I think it's, it's being attuned to your, to your child's needs, like being open enough to release, to really be present and kind of see how they're feeling and be able to, to recognize if they're saying one thing, but maybe meaning another, like in this case, but then also having some tools to communicate with your, with your kids, right. And be prepared for them to say these, these you know, things that might be hard for you to hear. Like I, you know, I miss you or I wish we had more time together and have some strategies for how to manage that. So maybe it's not, okay, you're never going to blend or you're never going to introduce. Maybe you do, but you just have some really good tools and skills. Great tools. Yeah, there are totally right. But sometimes like I speak with clients sometimes that are just starting to date and it's really fresh. And I'm like, okay, well, let's like, have you checked in with your kids and how are they, where are they at with this separation and how are they adjusting? Well, I think they're okay. And it's like, well, you, okay. Have you had the conversation? Have you even really talked about this divorce thoroughly? And quite often the answer is no, or like, oh, well, we talked about it initially, but we haven't done a lot of checking in. They're doing well at school. I think everything's fine. And it's like, okay, well, there's thinking and then there's really knowing because you've had the conversation. So, but like you said, I think, you know, there's no, there's really no judgment. I mean, I dated very soon after my own separation. Um, and luckily we're still together and everything's great. But like you said, it, there's been some really rocky times I'm in therapy. We've done couples counseling, like we've done all the work. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. The divorce journey can bring with it an emotional roller coaster of challenges. Whether you are navigating co-parenting, a high-conflict ex, dating after divorce, or more in this new chapter, it's totally normal to feel overwhelmed and at times really lonely. That's why I'm excited to tell you all about Circles. Circles is an emotional support platform that connects you with a small group of others who are going through divorce in a safe online space. Guided by mental health professionals, Circles meet weekly in group video meetings and provide support in a 24-7 group chat. And guys, at $79 a month, that's less than the cost of a single therapy session. You don't have to go through this alone. Support is available. Head to circlesup.com and use promo code SPLIT2022 to get the first month free and join your circle today. 
just kind of circling back, if if you're on the fence about merging families and you think you've found the right person um, and you think that you are attuned to your, your children's needs and you think that they might be ready, what are some what are some tips that you would give your own clients? That's so funny. I used to, this used to be my jam. Like I used to talk about this with my clients all the time because it's, it's really, like you said, talking to your kids, right? But I think the really, the biggest tip is just to know what you're going into. Yeah. And to really be ready for, not for failure, because the, you know, you don't want to set yourself up for failure, but you want to be prepared for when you hit those roadblocks, right? Because people aren't, they don't expect them. They come up so soon and then they're like, wait, whoa, what do I do? But you have to be like, almost like wearing armor, like for the, for the war, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that people, they don't expect the things like the parenting situations where, you know, um, you're parenting and the other parent says, well, I would do it this way. Or, you know, and then you're looking like, this is my kid. Why are you parenting my kid? Like, you, yeah. you have to be in the same parenting page, but you have to have those conversations, not in front of the kids, right? Mm-hmm. right. That's a big tip to talk about your parenting um, styles outside of the children's, you know, like yeah. dinner or another time or get your stuff together before you're actually having those conversations, right? Before mm-hmm. you're actually parenting, you need to talk about parenting. Yeah. So that's a huge, huge one, right? Um, also having alone time, I think with not only your kids, but having some alone time with your, your partner's children. Yeah. Because I think it's important that they know I don't know why I get so emotional about this. It makes me so sad because I think about it, but the, the, the other kids know that they're important too to each of right. you, right? Mm-hmm. I also think family dinners, um, our family lunch, family dinner, whatever you choose, family time, family game night, it's so important that they know that you're a family unit, mm-hmm. that you're not two families living together during the week that you have them. Mm-hmm. Another thing people do now is that they'll, which I, I don't know how this, they'll have two, like, part of the kid, like the kids, your kids, like I'm trying to make this clear, your kids on one week and then the other kids on the other week. So the kids right. are never together. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That would work. Yeah. 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 So like, so the kids are, it's, it would be like me the same thing. Their kids would never really meet, but they'd be sleeping. So they're kind of sleeping in each other's rooms when they're. Oh yeah. They'd be sharing each other's spaces. That could be complicated be, too. Right. Yeah. But they would flip. So right. Like the kids would never have to be in the same space. Mm-hmm. right that's an idea right. yeah I've yeah. often thought about like because I think like when my boys come back from college they could just stay with my husband but then I wouldn't see them it's like those kind of things you have to think about there's so many moving parts and there's so I think that there's I'm, it's just coming up in my mind that what would be important there um, is that the kids get clear on being able to ask for what they need and what their own boundaries are right that. so like I grew up in and my homes were blended and it, I, it it did not work (laughs) at all. Um, and, but I felt I was almost told, not just sent the message that like, you know, you're number two now, right? Like this is happening and get with the program. Same here. Oh my God, the chills, you guys are killing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm okay now, but yeah. I've done the work. That's my therapist later today, but anyway. And yeah, and so I, I'm trying to think. I was I was 16, so I mean oh, I so was older. Well, yeah. maybe like 15 when it started. Oh, but I think still not old enough to be able to know that my feelings were valid and that I could ask for what I need, right? So because no one was telling me I could, so I was like, this feels really crappy and I don't like it, but I guess 
I need to figure it out, it's, it's my problem. Right. So, cause I had no one saying, Hey, this is going to be really hard. Right. Let me know how you feel. Like, what can we do that? That was not an option. So as you're saying that, I'm thinking like, yeah, if those kids, if we've got different kids, you know, they're spending time yeah. in each other's rooms or whatever the situation that they all know, like, Hey guys, this is going to be messy. Yeah. You can I talk about it. Like we got to all talk about what we need. Cause yeah. I've said to my boys, I'm like, look, guys, you guys, you guys are going to college. It's, what do you think if I move in with, you know, with Jim and his kid or I get my sex, like, why would you do that? I'm like, okay, right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so perfect mom like where am I gonna live when I come I'm like well all right then okay you know like it's just yeah sometimes we people are saying well he runs your life or he's but really like here's the thing they didn't ask for this divorce y'all like yeah. they didn't come in my room one day at nine years old and be like hey I think you guys really need to split up so I can live in two different houses and have like this dad that I don't even know and some stepbrothers that really suck right like, this, right yeah so I guess I don't know call it whatever it is but you know, that's another thing too, that age I think is, is changes yeah. things. Right. So I have some clients and some colleagues, right. That, um, have little, little bitty guys. Mm-hmm. And they're like, is it different when they're little guys? What do you guys say? I think it is. I think it's different if they're like baby babies. And I think you, it's more manageable because they don't know. What do you think? I will say, yeah. I mean, like I, I have a three-year-old, yeah, um, we split when she was very, very young. Yes. And then I did, you know, I was, I was dating within a few months and met my, my now husband. Um, luckily, like I said, we are happily married and, but I mean, it's a lot of work. It really is. And there are still, um, there are still some struggles. Like for example, when she comes back, uh, from her dad's, um, and they have a good relationship, a, a great relationship. She loves him. Um, but when she comes back, if his, my husband's name is Josh, if we're together, she is sometimes a little bit icy towards him. And I don't think it's because anything bad is said. I don't think there's any disparaging comments. Like they get along fine. My ex and him, they're not friends by any means, but like they can facilitate, uh, pickups and drop-offs and all sure. of that. But I think she just, she wants me. She, my, my daughter's just like, really, but she's been missing me, wants all of my attention. And he would be, she sees him, I think, as a potential threat and infringing on that attention. So I'm then in this, you know, I find myself sometimes feeling like I'm in the middle and my husband is so great. He is like, don't worry. Like, this is what it is. It's not personal. I know she loves me. We have a great relationship. She loves him dearly. She needs you right now. And if you're worrying about me, you can't be focusing on her. So don't worry. And so, yeah, he's, he's amazing, but that's a piece where it's an ongoing thing. And I always feel a little bit I feel a little bit sad about it. It's tough. I feel, you know, I wish selfishly, and I'm just going to be really honest when she comes in, I wish, I wish that didn't happen. I wish she was like welcoming him with open arms and we just got right back into our regular life. But the truth is there's a couple hours where she doesn't want really much to do with him. She just wants all of my attention. And so we have to navigate that in a certain way. And I have to be respectful of her but also I do want her to see us as a united front in certain situations because that's where you have to it's kind of it's a juggling act because you know he we our time sharing is um, she's with her dad every other weekend so I mean my partner does a lot of parenting so there does and we've been together long enough now that there does have to be some 
respect from both ways between the two of them. So anyways, I'm ran- I could go on and on about this, but that it's a great topic because I think a lot of people relate with this because yeah. a lot of us are in this, we're doing it now. This is like, we're in, you know? Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, do I, do I continue this? Do I pull out? Do I whatever? Because it is such, it is hard. I, yeah. have, I mean, I tell people when I meet a, a blended family or shaken family or whatever that is successful, I'm like, give me a hug and tell me how the hell you're doing. Can you come on my show? Because it is one of the most difficult things I think to do. Like, for example, if, if your husband mm-hmm. had a 13 year old, I wouldn't. I know. I know. I wouldn't want stepkids. I see some of the things that my, my husband has to do. Honestly, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it do that. And I love my kid, but honestly, if she wasn't my kid, sometimes the tantrums and the things I would like get her away from me, but she's my kid and I love her. And I don't (laughs) think I could parent that way with somebody else's kid. I honestly don't think I could, I could do it really. I think I love, there's not a kid I don't love. Okay. There really is not. I'm one of those moms. I'm one of those women who just like loves everyone's kids. I don't care what they smell like. I give them to me. I'll just mush them. I don't care. But like, there are people who just know I cannot be, I cannot love another person. Like, I just can't do it. So if you know that and you put yourself in that situation and you cannot be kind or loving or let's say whatever to another person's children, it ain't going to work. Like it's just not, you know, and you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing those babies a disservice. It's just like, yeah. I mean, you might make it work, but are you happy? No. Like, are, right. That's kind of the thing. Yeah. Right. And then that's where, that's why we see these marriages breaking up. Right. Then it's stressed back on the relationship. And... 72% of blended families. Yeah. And it's God, that's high. And also I have another statistic that I wanted to tell you guys, which is, is it 78% of couples expected difficulties dealing with step family issues. So 78% of these families know going in that there's going to be issues and they're still having, and this is really interesting too, that, um, on average, I just, I had pulled up some stuff that I thought was interesting yeah. that I use a lot on average couples and step families have three times the amount of stress that couples in first marriages have in the first two years. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, girls, it is not easy. Yeah. No, it it's not. not an easy thing. And the age, like you throw in too, right? Like where we're going, if they are in that, then throwing in, going into teenage years and all of those decisions and going to school and all that stuff, going off to school. Like, yeah, there's just so much well, that's to navigate. What now is my yeah. boyfriend has a 14 year old who's going into high school. I would have four years of high school with his child and his ex. Yeah. And I, I love, I mean, this is my person. This is my person. This is, I mean, I'm not, but he's my person two weeks of the month. (laughs) Yes. Like, I'm like, Jim, I'll see you on the, but I just, I, I know that like, I've done it. I'm exhausted. My boys have literally sucked me drive everything I possibly, I can't do another four years. I can't, I, I, his son would not like me. He'd be like, who is this in my house? And just have her leave. I mean, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. (laughs) But that's fair. Like, I love that you can say that, right? Because I do think, yeah, way too many, especially women, I think, are like, yep, I'll handle it. It'll be great. We'll make it work. And it's not real life. No, it's not. So I I love that you can be honest and just real about that. And it doesn't make you a shitty mom or something. Like, it's just real. And then by the time you've sold your house and you've sold your stuff and, you, and then you're like, yeah. what do I do now? And you're stuck there. And I think a lot of women and men right. too, they end up getting so sucked into the love and the fairy tale and the, 
the honeymoon phase and the endorphins are high and they're lust and blah, blah. And then they're like, so it settles and they're like, what have I done? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They do. Right. And you can still get married too. You know, I think Gwyneth and her husband, they lived in separate houses, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Gwyneth can do it. Then we can do it. I strongly encourage anybody who's listening to this to listen to your podcast. It is so great. It is so you are like no BS whatsoever. You spill the tea. I just I love it. I love everything about you. And we're gonna put links to your podcast, which is doing relationships right in the show notes. But um, can you also just share? You have two books as well. Just talk oh a little gosh, bit I about forget about them. Yeah. Well, I mean. It's like been so long since I feel like I wrote them years ago. They're just, I swear to God, I'm like, what is it? Yeah, I have two books. What are they, what are they called? Yeah, One Happy Divorce, Hold the Bullshit. Yeah. was my first book in 2017. And then my second one is, oh, what it could have should have, A Divorce Coach's Guide to Staying Married. And that, and that one was one, featured in, by Oprah, right? Yeah, Oprah. Yeah, that was like the best day of my life. I'm like, it's her birthday today too. Yeah, that was like a great day for me. Um, That was fun. It was uh, picked as one of the best relationship books to read best relationship books for a healthy marriage or something to read with your partner. I don't even know. I should amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And, and then you, um, you're also a coach as well and you're yeah, right. So what, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? And we'll include links um, in the so show notes. Jenniferherbits.com. Okay. Perfect. Good. You guys are awesome. Can you come back on my show, everybody? Yes. Yeah. I would love, would to love that. Love yeah. That. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Jennifer. It was so great having you on. Thanks for sharing your wealth of wisdom. And again, no, no BS, no nonsense. Love it. Yeah, yeah, tips. That they're like <laughs> calling up. And... Thank you. Okay, thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye now. Bye.